Welcome to Beyond the Shadows on the Mike Rickstecker Audio Journey on MikeRickstecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows, a Mothra and Ghost story, and Mike Ricksecker. With me is Shauna Wankel, chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole, a fantastic writer in her own right. We're going to start this off right today and let you know that this episode of Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by a Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. There we go. Tim Shona like that. We did that immediately here in the show, which we probably should at the beginning of every show anyway, since, you know, it is our own coffee. Yeah. You can get that at hauntedroadmedia.com, uh, by the way. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, so tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about investigating haunted abandoned locations. Um, we're going to get into, yeah, some of the places that we've actually investigated, um, maybe uh, some of the different ghost stories and paranormal activity that we've encountered there, but also like the rules for investigating these types of places, or at least rules that that we've implemented for ourselves and we kind of believe others should kind of adhere to. Um, again, it's a free country and I can't force you, but you know, there are certain things that uh, we think you should sort of abide by, like um, don't trespass. I mean, I know there's some cool places out there and maybe you're not patient enough to ask for permission or you're like, well, they're probably not going to let me, so I might as well just do it anyway or... You know, I know there's that whole, you know, urbex thing going on and I know people do it and I get it, but. Well, you can urbex with pres- with yeah. permission. It's it's definitely well, possible. It's not the cool thing to do, though. Well, you know. And I have people that, you know, I'm friends with that just go wherever they go and with zero fucks given and that's fine. That's that's them. But there are some places where you need permission. And there are some places that no matter how hard you try getting in there without getting in trouble is going to be damn near impossible. So it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. And we've yeah. had pretty good luck in just asking. And in fact, yeah. getting um, more access to places just by asking than we would have just by walking in there and sneaking in and all that. Where we've asked and all of a sudden many, many doors become open like... Um, you know, like that cemetery. Hey, can we go up in here and check out this cemetery that's it's back behind a field? It was on private property. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, I'll give you the tour, tell you, you know, who the different uh, people are, you know, behind the headstones. And, oh, hey, why don't you come over to the big stone house over here and I'll show you all the history behind that, too. Yeah. So that was, that was a pretty cool moment. That was, um, that was up Eldred Road somewhere there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robert Hanna mentioned down there loves the uh, the Shadow People uh, video series. So appreciate that. And all those videos, of course, are related to A Walk in the Shadows, the new book that just came out here a couple weeks ago. I did go ahead and put that link down in there. And we will be uh, talking about um, a location or two that are mentioned in here tonight. So without further ado, um, and there's Melanie Baggy down there and uh, Nick Moulet. Great to see you. Tammy Heitzman as well. All right, so we're going to start with the uh, Goldenrod Showboat, and that is not the Goldenrod Showboat right there. <laughs> That's no. from our first show, so let's <laughs> let's get those off of there. There's a Goldenrod Showboat. All right, so um, I want to talk about this 
first. So there's a lot of different aspects of haunted abandoned locations that we're going to talk about. So uh, Golden Rod Showboat, technically an abandoned location. Um, and it's a it's a boat, not a um, you know not a building, but you know basically it was abandoned there on the side of the river and just started moldering away. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is that there was the uh, Riverboat Association that was put into place, and you were a volunteer for that. So you guys uh, ran a lot of different uh, you know events, ghost hunts, things like that out of an abandoned location like this. Yeah, and it was quite haunted. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, pretty much every paranormal experience you could imagine has happened on that boat, including some, you know, some good stuff, some some sad stuff, some kind of creepy things. And um, a lot of people have had their, you know, first experiences with various, you know, things on, on that boat. And... Um, I kind of think that the more time you spend in a place like that, the more it kind of helps you open up, you know, your yourself to other places too. So um, get out there. <laughs> get out there and investigate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Goldenrod Showboat, of course, you were uh, very connected to that. And, um, you know, we noticed over, over time... Uh, you know, I only investigated once before it like shut down for what, several months there while yeah. it was in a, a legal struggle. Um, and you investigated many, many times before that. And those few months that it was left basically without even the volunteers coming and doing some work on there, um, it seemed to have picked up like a different type of energy during that time that it was just left completely alone to its own devices. Yeah. Um, like I said, when we first started going on there, that very first day that we got back, I was with Jake. I don't know if he's watching or if he's going to watch. Um, but he and I both noticed, you know, did we feel like uh, Captain Minky was still in there? Yeah. But did we feel him as strong as we did before? No. Uh, and then the energy was just way different and that was one of the very first things that the both of us noticed you know because me I never I hardly ever went upstairs uh alone <laughs> uh, but the first thing I did when I got there was I, I ran you know into that boat and went upstairs and just so happy to be back and then you know noticed yeah, this this is different <laughs> now and it was an unfamiliar energy um, couldn't tell who it was, couldn't tell what it was, had no idea, just knew that uh, didn't feel so comfortable alone in there anymore. Um, even up there, you know, till the end, you know, from our very last time on there, uh, it was just way different. Yeah, that first time that we went back on there after... Um getting permission to or after it was i guess allowed that we could get back on there um you felt something up there in the uh in the dining room area let me let me pop that back on real quick um nope that's the wheel mm -hmm. <laughs> uh there's the dining room and so it was up in this area and you can kind of see the dance floor there to the uh to the left side and you know i was trying to dance with um uh, Annie, 
<laughs> and you had something else kind of just come over you and it was an energy that you had never felt there before in the boat so um i, I don't know if you know by letting it sit there and, and it greatly upset you um and i don't know if letting the boat sit there for a while that other energies were suddenly feeling like well you know there's no humans coming on here now so uh, let me go ahead and check this place out um so I, I don't know if if it's one of those where if a entity believes that it's going to be completely abandoned, that they will suddenly take refuge in there. Yeah, I I mean, it's right there by the river. Um, I know that, you know, that land, you know, all, all along the riverfront, everything, you know, there's all kinds of energy in the area itself without just see that's what i was hearing earlier that's what i was hearing earlier hello over there dang okay that's kind of loud huh yeah i felt stuff going on in the studio again folks i felt it (laughs) i feel you come on over here come say hi to everybody yeah you're on air Live. So, but other things that we started noticing there after we kept going back a few different times uh, were the twinkles that started up. That was an activity that you were seeing there before, mm-hmm. and then of course that fantastic illuminated uh, ball of light that um, that yellow translucent thing that was bouncing around all over the place. Um, you know that was certainly different than anything you'd seen. I mean, you'd seen lights there before, but not like those. Yeah, no, not like that. Um... Yeah, that that was way way different than anything that I've experienced on there before. I mean, now we had seen like balls of light. We saw uh, when when three girls came on there, mm-hmm. there was like a red ball of light bouncing around. I saw it. Um, they saw it, and neither one of us wanted to tell the other one that we right. saw it. We were just kind of kind of hold off, and then uh, and then we all just kind of were talking about it later. Uh, but but the yellow balls of light that was something different. Um, yeah, it's about the size of a softball. Yeah. You know, boom, 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 boom. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, pinball. Yeah. You know, but, and no noise at all. Like, it didn't make a sound. It was just like. <sighs> no, no, it was just flying around. Very silent. I mean, Although Tara said that she heard something in her head, like it was communicating yeah. with her. But I mean, so. it, you know, and you would think. You know, with all this stuff happening, like right down there by me, you would think I would have felt something like that. Now, um, sometimes before they pop up, they don't quite pop up that size, but you know, the twinkles where there's sometimes I'll feel them before they pop up. Uh, sometimes I still do not. So it, there's no method to it. There's no anything I can put my finger on. There's no, I don't know if they came from the boat or the land and are following now or if they're everywhere and I'm only just now noticing it. By the way, the um, the Historic Riverboat Association is still taking uh, donations for the Goldenrod Showboat because they do have many of the historic items uh, from that boat even though the boat itself is now gone. It was burned in an arson fire, uh, but they are looking at you know doing some sort of museum or even reconstructing the boat a lot of different options that they're looking at so uh goldenrodshowboat.com that's the 
website, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can go there and they're still taking donations and Hunter Road Media has its donation to uh, to get in here because for, from buying the Encounters with the Paranormal Volume 2 book, part of the proceeds of that go toward Goldenrod Showboat. Also, so. if you're able to make it to the Paracon, there will be a wonderful exhibit of some original and really cool artifacts from the boat. Yeah, they had like five tables yeah. at uh, the Hunter Road Media Paracon last year of all kinds of different artifacts, photos, memorabilia, you know, all kinds of stuff. There's, um, one, what was that? That printing plate mm -hmm. that, um, that printed up the original. Yeah, which was new because yeah. uh, Jake had just premiered that at that event in St. Charles, and then the Hunter Road Media Paracon was like the second event that they showed that at so um yeah, yeah so there's new things that are being unearthed that had uh, been on the on the golden round it was so. cool too because uh you could you could still see like the ink stains on it and stuff yeah like yeah it was really so cool it was it was cool so um robert hannah was wondering if there was more residual energy or intelligent energy on that boat there was a lot of intelligent energy on that boat um anytime i hear footsteps i immediately 99 percent of the time i'm sure that's residual um, unless I tell it to walk towards me and then I can tell it's walking towards me, then that moves down to about half. But I automatically assume every footstep is residual. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Unless, unless something happens where you're hearing the footsteps and you say, Hey, who's over there? And the footsteps stop. And then after like that pause, like somebody just, uh, yeah. and then they start up again that's kind of an intelligent reaction with footsteps something like that so or maybe if you suddenly get like an evp right around there when you hear the footsteps and you start asking questions yeah. then you could say that that would be intelligent but yeah i kind of agree with you on the footsteps usually that's more of a residual but um yeah goldenrod had a lot of intelligent interaction there and i didn't mm -hmm. spend anywhere near as much time as you um but we always had like whatever the heck was dark and creepy there up in that uh, that passageway on the second yeah. floor there's always that, you know, there were the different twinkles and things like that that we were seeing. Um, there was an it on the boat. Yeah. Um, it, whatever it was, nobody was comfortable around it. Um, but that like came up from the, I guess, for lack of a better term, basement area. Yeah. The lower, the lower level office area. Yeah. With that yeah. cage, because there was that cage that was down yeah. there. Yeah. And I didn't go out of my way to you know, seek it out. But, you know, there was just always something just, I didn't like going downstairs. Now, when we were getting stuff up out of the boat, um, I did spend some time downstairs. <laughs> um, sometimes by myself, uh, which I was not comfortable with. Um, my kids, my kids had been on the boat, not for an paranormal investigation, but one of them, um, the goldenrod was one of their projects for school um and i said i had to have a talk with the boat say <laughs> that my kids are coming on here please do not please wait until they're not here don't come out and talk to them play with them interact with them, whatever uh please do not do that um the boat the inhabitants of the boat did not listen to me of course and uh but my son and i told him do not go downstairs and i always it was like you know there's 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 mold down there there's you know whatever. yeah there was some black mold down uh, there i yeah. was like do not go dangerous. downstairs i was like and you know there's uh and, and you may see some stuff down there that you probably don't you know want to 
Mesra Osado. So I guess that was the, the tempting, the lure. And right. sure enough, uh, my oldest and one of his friends wandered down there, and they both come running up those <laughs> stairs. Uh, yeah, a little spooked. Uh, breaking land speed records and knocking over anybody in their way to get get the hell out of Dodge. And um, they saw a shadow, and it was dark down there. Uh, so to and saw a shadow wandering around. I was like, you scared of your own shadow, and it wasn't on the wall, you know. So it was, they saw a shadow. Person they saw a shadow there. person down there. All right. Um, well, and yeah. that that thing in the uh, in the upstairs was was a shadow person as well. Yeah. So we don't know if it was a quote unquote true shadow person, interdimensional being, or if it may have been Charlie. So it may have been a human shadow. Yeah. I didn't take see. one more. We'll take one more question about this, and we'll kind of uh, switch gears here a little bit. But um, Betty Lange was wondering if the water under the boat uh, amped up the energy. So, now it was dry docked, but sometimes the water would come up to the boat. Yeah, uh, and at one point during flooding, water was surrounding the boat. Yeah, and, and the boat actually floated a little bit. Yeah, it was yeah. It was the first time it had floated in a long time, and right. it was a very bittersweet moment, and it ended up, you know, that last flood ended up being the one that, yeah, that did it in. Killed it. So, yeah, um, yeah the hull is still there. Um, and I think it's pretty much at a standstill right now because mm-hmm. the EPA has said, no, no, no. Not allowed to touch no it. No more. Uh, so they burned it down for no reason. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I... Yeah, but, but to answer the question, anyway. yeah, energy does uh, seem to amp up... Uh, or water does seem to amp up the energy there for sure, especially you got the limestone bluffs that are right there too. So there's a lot of things that are conducive to paranormal activity. But um, just from my brief experiences, when the water was higher um, and, and against the boat, it did, at least to me, seem like more was going on. And that was um, you know, when we saw the uh, that yellow ball of light dancing all over yeah. the place, um, the water was up right there against the boat at that point in time because i remember crossing you're looking down and there's that gap uh between the i guess what they used for a dock right. <laughs> which was really just another barge <laughs> and, then, and then the boat and you're looking down it's like yeah there's water down there okay yeah. so but sometimes there wasn't whenever the water was whenever it was half on half off yeah. whatever whenever a barge would go by it would sound like the place was going to fall in on itself no, it was okay. so Oof. Yeah. So um, we do talk a little bit about uh, Goldenrod Showboat here in Walk in the Shadows because of your shadow person and twinkle incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, two twinkles following yeah. the shadow person. So um, kind of interesting. Uh, different things that happened on the boat there. Um, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit here um, to... Um, let's see. Let's kick back into here and show you the photos for... Okay, Black Bear Church. Now, Shauna wasn't a part of this. This was uh, before I met Shauna. But when we were talking like different rules of um, uh, abandoned locations and getting permission and all that, no, we didn't have permission to go out here. Uh, we also didn't realize that at, at the time that we were out there that it was actually somebody's private land. Um, you know, because of the fact that so many uh, people had already been out there you can see, you know, kids were out there all the time, spray painting and all that. And, you know, we thought it was, I mean, it had its own cemetery across the road. So we're thinking it's public land, you know, that sort of thing. Um, what was interesting about this, though, um, and why I'm mentioning that is when we ended up filming for my ghost story, um, the, the guy who actually does own the land that we, we came to find out because we needed to, you know, go ahead and, you know, get that permission. So we tracked him down and... Um, 
So I had already put out some videos on YouTube like way back in the day. We're talking, um, what was that, 2011? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the filming was done in 2010. So we're talking 10 years ago, right? Um, you watch those videos, and at first they were happy that, oh, you know, you're showing off our church and everything that was, you know, their their family had gone there, you know, way back in the day. Um, but they had misconstrued something that I had said about the church and ended up barring us from using it for the filming, even though the story took place right there. Um, and so anytime I talk about Black Bear Church, I always throw this out there. No, I do not believe that the parishioners of Black Bear Church uh, practiced anything of the occult. <laughs> it was afterward, after it became um, this hot mess that we we did there are all kinds of local legends and rumors and we did find some evidence that maybe somebody was trying to conjure stuff up but um those story those stories are there they are local legend that uh people were practicing the occult there and they conjured stuff up and became the crawler um and so the crawler is um you know basically we saw that in the basement here um came in through one of the windows was circling us around the uh, around the walls the ceiling um, you know our electronic equipment at the time this is like really out in the middle of nowhere um, you know our electronic equipment was going crazy all kinds of you know static interference they hit the railing um, all kinds of crazy stuff so um, yeah very very uh interesting location but another one that you also have to be careful of especially when you go like way out there um with this particular church because it's i mean it's off of a dirt road off that's off of a dirt road that's off of a dirt road there's one time we drove back there and there were basically cows you know walking down the road <laughs> you know um but you have to be careful of like wildlife. So the one night that we were there, we actually sought refuge, if you can believe this, in the cemetery because we were hearing coyotes and they were getting closer and closer and closer. And you know anything could just walk right up into that church. So we didn't want to corner ourselves in the church. So we went across the street and dirt road. <laughs> we actually drove, okay? Now imagine this, it's about 40 feet maybe from where we were parked in front of the um in front of the church to in front of that cemetery we actually drove it and got out and went into the uh, cemetery and closed the gate behind us until the coyotes uh went away so um a lot of these locations you kind of have to be like really careful about um you know where you are your surroundings um and that was one found out later we should have gotten permission but we never we never even thought about that because so many people had already been out there um yeah and I guess be careful with the legends of places too. Because um, maybe I misspoke in that video. I don't know. I thought I was pretty clear. <laughs> so uh, Nick Malay says, Crawler sounds a lot like the Creeper at Waverly Hills. Um, I mean, I've heard stories about the Waverly Hills shadow that's there. I guess they call him the Creeper. Um, I don't know if he uh, gets on the floor or starts crawling. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard, I've never been to Waverly Hills. Um, and I probably won't be for a long time. It's just so overdone. I don't really have that big of a desire to go other than to check out exactly what this creeper is. Cause from what my understanding, you know, it is a shadow person. So, um, 
I do, of course, get into all of the crawler stuff and everything. I'm, I am pimping the book a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just very happy and proud of it. But I do, <laughs> I do cover all the crawler stuff here in uh, A Walk in the Shadows. So, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of that stuff about Black Bear and and all that is in there. I don't want to talk too much on it because Shauna was never there, so she doesn't have any input into it. I'm not really mad about it. Doesn't yeah. sound like a place <laughs> that I want to go to anyway. Yeah, I mean, what's really inter what's interesting about it? I mean, it's um, one of those where you know, we we do say that um, you, know, you can have paranormal activity at a place during the day, mm -hmm. and what's interesting about it is there is a very very deep contrast between being there during the day and being there at night. Being there at night, you can really tell that you know it's dark, heavy within that church, across the street at the cemetery. Whoops, sorry. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. She's dropping her phone over here. Shenanigan the chat over there. Um, across the street at the church is really like light. You know, it, it's like a almost like a happy vibe that's over there, especially coming away from that church. So you'd think it'd be the other way around where it'd be dark and heavy at the cemetery and a lot lighter atmosphere at the church, and it's just not. Uh, but during the day within the church, it's like we're, we're in some ruins. So it is one of those ones where it's like, it's a lot, lot heavier at night. Something comes out at night there. It sounds like since most of the uh, stuff that was done there happened at the church and out of the cemetery. So if darker, more nefarious things were done at the church, then it would make sense that and maybe it happened during the night. Yeah, yeah, it more than likely happened at night because the kids would be going in there at night and partying and all that, and anybody else who decided to go in there. Um, sure, other paranormal investigators, but if there were people that were practicing, you know, something of the occult in there, trying to conjure something up, that would have been done um, at night. The, uh, the the roof was, was burned out. Um, that happened at night because some of the kids set a fire in there. So... <sighs> It happens, but um, yeah, it, you know, other than the crawler, there's also these other shadow entities that kind of peer in from the windows outside, and uh, some go grabbing at cars, and you know, a lot of interesting things that go on uh, at that one. What was also interesting about that is you talk about the, the footsteps. So, um, so we're out there uh, right outside the cemetery by the car, and we're hearing these footsteps coming down the road and we're thinking it's one of the locals that are because we were in the cemetery we got the flashes going off from the cameras all that stuff we're thinking it's one of the locals coming down seeing hey what's going on what are you guys doing in the cemetery at night that sort of thing um nobody was showing up but we're hearing the footsteps so it's like okay let's let's drive down and uh, meet this person and just you know say hey you know we're cool this is what we were doing we drove like a quarter mile down the road and we never came across anybody but the footsteps were very distinct. It was like heavy boot steps, boom, 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 boom. So, all right. So, um, Shannon, I appreciate that. So she's saying when she gets her taxes, she's going to get the book. Absolutely appreciate that. It's a good book. So next on the list, now this was kind of interesting. So this is from our adventures this past weekend. Now, um, so this house mm -hmm. here, let's kind of let's kind of preface this a little bit. So as we're out and about, because it was finally some nice weather, yeah. um, we were doing some cemetery crawls, and uh, Shauna found a local legend about this house. Um, 
don't say where it is, but you want to give the little story that you found? Yeah, basically the story says that the house was empty, that the electric, there was no electricity going to it, yet some said that there was a TV in an upstairs window that was staticky and that there was a Christmas tree that was lit up. So that's So we went to go try to find it. Yeah. And we did. Now this photo here... It's not my photo. This was taken off of Google Maps, um, which you can actually see. Okay, it's the, it looks like the middle of summer. I mean, the trees are green. The grass is green. You can see some, what are those, like reddish flowers on the bush in front of the house. You can see in that upper window a Christmas tree. Yeah. There is a legit Christmas tree up there. Um, now, there does look to be a light on the, uh, if you look at the, the front porch, Maybe, I guess it's a front door. There looks to be a little light over there. I mean, it might be a reflection, but it looks like there's a light on over there on the um, on the front porch. So now they said that the electricity was cut off to the house. Yeah, someone, there was like another couple conversations. One of them said that there was no electricity going to the house. Right. So. Yeah, and that's from the little, I guess, legend website that yeah. you found. Yeah, so. And, and we don't know how accurate those may or may not be, but um, that's uh, in any case, it's the local legend, right? Yeah. So we went to go check it out and, you know, see if we can see this Christmas tree mm-hmm. and any lights that may be coming on or whatever. And this is what we found. Yep. So apparently it burned down here uh, a few months back. Um, so again, we talked about the goldenrod before, you know, being burned down and that's to me it's a tragedy when these places like this you know fantastic history fantastic legends it looked like a newer type house so maybe there wasn't a lot of necessarily history behind it but um still you know and there were no trespassing signs here that we went as far as we could before and they got it roped off um so we went as far as we could and, and took some photos um, but it's really disheartening when, you know, people go into these places because nobody's home and, you know, then the place burns down because we're goofing around, um, which is really unfortunate. So, because um, we were looking forward to seeing if we could yeah. actually, I, I guess, basically see this, see that Christmas tree up right. there. Hmm. Um, so it's really too bad. Um any other abandoned locations we want to talk about? Because we actually do hit quite a few. Um, like we do the um, we'll do the abandoned cemeteries. That was the wind. That's wind. That's wind. But we'll do the, like the abandoned cemeteries and, and discover people that have been lost to time. Mm-hmm. Um, like Belt Salem is a wonderful cemetery oh, with I love those. That one. Yeah, but it's way up there out in the woods. You know yeah. that um, nobody remembers very unfortunate so we'll go ahead and take some of your questions down there in the chat so go ahead and and throw whatever you guys have down there and shannon grogan is saying yeah it looks like a tree in the top window yeah exactly exactly um but yeah investigating you know some of these different abandoned locations even in uh mineral springs hotel you know that upstairs it's an abandoned part of the hotel so not the entire building is abandoned but that upper floor and you know, it's like these spirits kind of, 
I don't know. They almost like come to life in these abandoned locations like that. It's like almost like they flock there or something. Yeah, because who who knows what it looks like for them, too. Like I have no idea. I don't know what they see. And they don't exact. They're not exactly forthcoming with what exactly they're seeing either. But you know, do they? You know, it's I I think. You know, other people going and interacting kind of stirs them up a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean, oh, this place looks like nobody's home. I guess I'll just invite myself in, you know, um, get permission from the property owner, you know, plan ahead, find out who the property owner is. If it's a private, if it's, you know, privately owned, if it belongs to, you know, the city, if it belongs, whatever, you know, just, and if you can't get permission at the exact moment when you go on, want to go in, then friends stand on the sidelines and take some damn pictures, you know, quit ruining it for everybody else is what I'm saying. You know, I mean, you know, eventually someone's going to get tired of their, you know, land being you know, compromised like that and trespassing and someone's going to end up getting shot. Oh, there are all kinds of legends about, um, uh, Hell House there in um, Ilchester, Maryland. Uh, that used to be, they, they called it Hell House, but basically what that had been was an old seminary. And, you know, it had been abandoned in the, uh, you know, some of the buildings were still there and people would go up there and try to party and all, all kinds of stuff like that. But there was a caretaker to that land and he would actually go up there with a shotgun. He didn't ever kill anybody, but he'd fire that thing off, scare the crap out of people. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the Purple Church uh, outside of Oklahoma City, which is, it's not really a church, but, um, you know, it's on private property. And basically it's the basement of what had been like a little house or storehouse or something. And kids have gone down in there and they call it the purple church because they spray painted the walls purple. And then they put like pentagrams and stuff like that up there in, uh, in black paint and, you know, all kinds of other symbols. That's the wind again too. Dang, it's windy out there. Yeah. And so they called that the Purple Church, but you know people would uh, you know trespass onto the property to try to find the Purple Church. And again, the family with with a shotgun that if you got caught on the land, they'd shoot at you. So you know you do need to be careful. Uh, I mean, I got to be honest. I wouldn't you know, like kill anybody, but I'd sure scare the crap out of somebody trespassing on my land. You know, the way I see it is, if you're coming on my land, you're going to do harm to me or my property, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So. Yeah. If I get a hold of you, you are going to limp away. That is all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. going to kill anybody. That's illegal. Uh, Christian mentions Gore Orphanage in Ohio. Everybody goes there. Um, I had thought about throwing some some of those place. photos down in there, which was actually the Swift Mansion. Uh, but we've covered that a lot on this channel in a number of these different discussions. But um, yeah, that one. Well, it's in a park, so you know it's it's easily accessible until dusk, of course. Um, but you know, a lot of people walk by there to go, you know, fishing uh, next to the river and, and all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, that has a lot of uh, crazy legends associated with it, most of which are not true because it never was the Gore Orphanage. There was no any, there's never anything uh, called the Gore Orphanage, it just happened to be the road, um, which was originally called Gore Road. And then they appended the name Orphanage when the orphanage up the hill moved in. It was the Light of Hope Orphanage. Um, and that came into to being after uh, long after the uh, house at the bottom of the hill uh, had become abandoned. 
And there was tragedy in that house with the uh, with the Wilbur family. Their grandchildren had, had uh, was it four of them in the span of seven days died of diphtheria. Mm-hmm. So a lot of tragedy associated with it. But you know the legends are just that they're just legends. Um, but you can go there easily accessible because it's right off the road. It's a it's a public park, um, and all the stones and ruins are right there. Yeah, and you know they. And they did say the story was that they were spiritualists and they did try to contact um, the spirits of their kids. Right. They, um, uh, yeah, the grandmother uh, lost her shit and she would do the place settings um, at the table. And then, yeah, they, they held seances to try to contact her. At least that's at least the local legend is they, they did try to uh, conduct some seances. Another, um, if you walk the path, that they walked up up the up past the ruins up the hill you know um where the road just kind of it's a cliff falls off it's like a cliff you know um but you know those kids you know went back and forth back and forth back and forth um so you know definitely do that too go where they walk where they walked yeah that's an interesting trek because the uh the orphanage was uh up the hill there now they did the orphanage did own the land there so they they owned the land in the house they didn't use the house for for anything um you know they they had the land back there that they would farm and the kids would go up and down the hill with the carts i imagine the kids played within the house while it was still standing um but um yeah what's what's interesting about that hill is that there are local legends about because it's it's closed off it's it's no longer accessible by vehicle and it's basically falling off into the into the vermilion river Um, but there are local legends that they supposedly closed down the road because there were uh kids hanging out at the bottom of the hill and they terrorized cars and all this other garbage and it's like no and finally somebody had contacted me um here just like within the past year um, about what the real reason was behind that and they sent me some clips of the of the news coverage and basically in 1969 there was a massive storm that came in uh, through that area of Ohio it was basically like a hurricane type storm they don't get hurricanes in you know in Ohio <laughs> but um, it came in off the lake and it was so ferocious that um, it was it was 4th of July and you know, a bunch of people were you know, gathered at the park and they have footage like people like being lifted up you know, mm-hmm. by the wind. It was so strong. But basically in, during this storm, that washed out a good portion of that road uh, you know, along that hill as well as other roads throughout the area. Uh, they just never bothered to repair that. They just closed it down. And I don't think there would be a way to really repair it because it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's a cliff that goes out into the river they'd have to like cut back into the yard there um that is owned by somebody else they'd have to like completely reroute the road at the top of that hill to be able to do it and just i imagine not cost effective because it's it's kind of out there there's not too many people that would use that i suspect so um you know but it's funny how you know and that was 1969 that's not that long ago in the rumors that have kind of kicked up since then, you know, all the other stuff about that was much further back. We're talking a hundred years ago. Um, in fact, when the house did actually burn down, it was 1923. Um, and that was long after like the orphanage, 
uh, was long since gone. I've been gone for seven years by that point. Uh, and that was the orphanage up the hill. Um, the Wilbur family had moved out um, 30 years before that in the 1890s, and it had just been sitting there. Um, there had been some talk of restoration work, so and then all of a sudden it burns down, so it does make you wonder if somebody that didn't want it restored messed around with it. Uh, pure speculation, of course. So, um, let's see what you guys, so, doo -doo -doo. Robert Hanna's asking, are there a lot of abandoned houses in Illinois? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's quite a bit around here. Oh, one of, one that's really cool. Um, the Sweeten House. Oh, yeah. That one's really cool. That's got a nice little legend attached to it. Um, and it's really cool. It used to be like three floors, this, you know, big mansion that used to have parties and, and stuff like that. Um, and it's just ruins now, but there's like a natural spring that runs underneath it. And, and supposedly there's uh, treasure buried there, but it's yeah, in protected. the cave behind it. Right. Yeah, But it's protected <laughs> by a den of like rattlesnakes or something like that. Right. Um, well, and then there's the legends of um, well, of the hauntings of the place before it, uh, you know, was abandoned and fell into ruin. Um, it had been haunted because of um, the murder that took place there. Right. And um, it's it's what's interesting about that is that uh, the murder that was there was used in a piece of fiction. So everybody remembers the you know the fictional tale that was written about it and passed that off because um, it was in a book. Yeah. And they passed that off as like the real story um, instead of what really happened. But still, they don't quite know for certain what really happened. There's like three variations to the story. And we mm -hmm. did a Friday Night Ghost Frights on, on this like yeah. a few years ago. Um, it's an older one. but um, And it's private property. Yeah, it's private property. I mean, we got up as... as Sorry. Yeah, hang on to that. Or stop playing with it or something. It just slipped. Mm -hmm. um, or, or don't be on your phone during the show. I wasn't even looking oh. at it. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at it. Uh -huh. Which is why I dropped out of your hand, right? Okay. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I forgot it was attention. in my hand. Yeah. But um, yeah, we got up as close as we could and uh, got some photos and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those cool old stone houses um, that unfortunately has fallen to, to rubble. So, And then there's that stone house of yours out in the middle of the field that you always want to get into. Oh, I do. I want to get into that one. Um, my father knows who owns it, so I'd like to try. Um, I know there's, it's guarded by bats. Yeah, you talked about that. They're big. Yeah, because you got up close to that and you, what, you, you peeked in and. Took a picture. Yeah. Um, I got a little closer than even today I would allow myself to do. Um, and. I mean, yeah, you know, it was trespassing. But the corn was really high. Nobody saw it. <laughs> um, and there was a, one of the windows was busted out. So I turned on my recorder and kind of stuck it through the stuck window. Stuck it in there. And was talking. And right at the last minute, I felt something coming up, but I didn't see anything. And um, it felt like that they were going to try to take my recorder out of my hand. So I was Stay like, no. You know, because if I had to drop that recorder in there, I wasn't getting that back. Right. <laughs> I wasn't going in there. 
and and those those bats you know bats are like supposed to be these little whatever these are like these big things ones freaking huge got pictures of them i do <laughs> got pictures of the inside of the building because you took a picture and the bats yeah. yeah they were giant and they sounded like they were hooked up to an amp whatever they realized we were there it was loud <laughs> yeah so yeah there's quite a few uh abandoned houses around uh, illinois we've we've done our fair share of driving around trying to find them and well there was that that one that's near the um old alms house mm-hmm. um there by Carrollton. that that loop we kind of drove around but um about this time last year maybe yeah and, and you know there was that one house that was there and then pff, i don't know six months later it was gone yeah there was also the one that we saw, we were like, man, that thing's about to fall over. And I took a picture of it. That one was that, that was on that one school road or whatever it was. Yeah. But it looked just like a house. Um, but it ended up being a schoolhouse. And so I uh, belonged to one of many groups of, you yeah, know, a bunch of around. cows up in there. And- yeah. And uh, put a picture and we're like, oh, it used to be this. And someone popped up a picture of what it used to look like. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and it was this cool, you know, one, two room schoolhouse. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the cool thing. You can drive around, hit some of those old back roads and find some of these abandoned buildings. And yeah, hit a, a Facebook group like you're in and, um, you know, you throw a modern picture of it in there and somebody, you know, from way back in the day is like, oh yeah, I, I know what that is. And they, and they happen to have an old photo from, yeah. you know, the way it used to look. And that's what ended up happening with that. So that was, that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah. And we had um you know jay marie yates on uh edge of the rabbit hole and they were talking about vulture city which basically is a ghost town out there in arizona so a lot of abandoned buildings they investigate all those now and so i mean you can find those old ghost towns and and what have you um seems to be a lot more of those out west it seems we were talking about it a little bit we're out east here they just seem to kind of like obliterate those and you know build up build a strip mall or whatever but um you know out there they just kind of you know abandoned the town and um i remember uh, there was one that was called retrop that we went to we were um tracking down some information for an investigation that we were doing out in the area and there was like you know two houses three houses maybe that were still left in this town that were occupied and all the others you know along this road are abandoned house abandoned house abandoned house and um, we had asked the guy, hey, you know, can we take a peek in some of these? And he's like, well, some of them you don't want to really walk into, but, you know, if you want to walk up to the windows and take a peek in, okay. And so, you know, you're seeing stuff like, you know, the, the floors are out, you know, there might be an old TV in the corner. One of them, there was a, um, it looked like a calf, you know, like a, a cow came in off of one of the fields mm-hmm. and walked in and it was just a carcass there, you know, because apparently from what it looked, it had like, stepped in maybe it broke its leg stepping through one of those boards that were like just missing and just it died there so yeah kind of it was very eerie (laughs) very Mm -hmm. very eerie so um yeah the the, uh abandoned places uh especially those old ghost towns you know i mean there's there's history there you know and there's no joke that you know you get those ghosts of the past whether they're I mean, it could be residual or intelligent haunt, but just even the history itself is like a ghost. Something to remember about trespassing also into some of these abandoned places is just the risk factor alone. 
you don't know what the condition of the internal structure is from the outside. Um, you could go from one, especially in the dark, you know, for all that is holy, do not trespass in the dark. <laughs> it is so dangerous. It is so very dangerous. So don't do that. Yeah, there used to be, um, it was before I, long before I moved to Oklahoma City, but there was a old power plant. There was uh, the Bell Isle, Isle power plant. And now it's a strip mall. Um, way back in the day, there was an amusement park there. Um, but when that power plant um, was decommissioned. The building was still there for like 15, maybe 20 years, something like that. And people would go in there because they want to explore. And there were numerous people that either, um, you know, broke something or died. Um, you know, there were, from what I recall, at least two deaths. One was a, one was a drunk man uh, that got in there, but another was a 12 year old girl that just, you know, didn't see that there was a hole in the floor up there and three stories. And yeah, um, which is really tragic. And uh, there was, I posted that. It's, um, what is it, the Ghost of Belle Isle or whatever. It's a Friday Night Ghost Fright from way back. And um, one of the, there was somebody that actually knew that little girl. Um, they're, they're no longer little, but um, a, a friend of hers that had reached out from that video. I was like, yeah, I, I knew her. Um, it was really, really tragic. So, um, yeah, a lot of these places you just, you don't know the condition um, of many of these places, especially ones that have been sitting around a long, long time. Um, yeah, you can you can get hurt, you know, severely or die. It, mm -hmm. it does happen. I mean, it's no joke. So, um, all right. So I think we'll uh, go ahead and wrap it up. We're a little bit shorter the hour, but um, I know it's getting late for a lot of people. Um, Chris Stanton's down there saying, uh, talking a little bit about Helltown. Yeah, there's the Helltown Legends. We have a, uh, a couple of pretty popular videos about Helltown out there as well. So being from Ohio, I've got some Ohio stuff uh, out there on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. So definitely, uh, yeah, we talked Gore Orphanage earlier, and I'll link this stuff up when this goes out on YouTube. Um, check out the Gore Orphanage videos, the, uh, the Helltown videos that we just mentioned. We have videos out there on... Um, Really, all the stuff that we were talking about, Goldenrod, we got a bunch of Goldenrod videos. Um, there's the Black Bear Church videos, um, and then some of the others that uh, that we were talking about. So YouTube only gives us five cards, but I'll, uh, I'll try to at least put some links in the description when this goes out there. So let's go ahead and wrap it up, get to some shout-outs. 